0: Stepping into the second week of our sermon series called A Real Christmas, and I'm excited to preach that tea today just to open up out of the gospel of Elf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and i just share with you, uh, it really is the gospel actually, uh, just spoiler alert. Uh, we're going to be looking at the movie Elf, and this is um, a Christmas favorite. It hasn't been one of my favorites, to be honest. Um Just because, you know, the elf is just kind of annoying. uh, Buddy is sort of annoying. But but I did watch it again in preparation, you know, for a sermon. I mean, I have to do my homework, and so uh, watching movies is part of my job as a pastor. Um, (laughs) That's why I get paid the big bucks. Um, That was a joke. Uh, my wife definitely got that The rest of you maybe didn't But uh, H&M sells cheap clothes So I'm not rolling That's just how it, it happens Anyway um, uh, Watching the movie again I sort of This is my second time And I sort of like it It's kind of growing on me a little bit But we're going to talk about the movie Elf Because uh, within the movie Elf Is really just a beautiful picture of the gospel And, and, and of how um, God brings us to freedom uh, it brings us to a place of freedom and Freedom is a process Freedom is a journey and, and I believe that that's God's heart For each and every one of us here today that, that, that when you were created You were created for freedom When you were born You were born for freedom That's why nothing else really fits that's why nothing else has fit in your life, and that's why I many of you are here, because you're looking for that freedom that only comes through Jesus. And so uh, we, we, we find that in Elf, and basically the backstory of Elf, how many of you have seen Elf? Like, raise your hand if you, So just about everybody. So you know about how uh, Buddy, you know, he's like a baby in an orphanage, I think, and he climbs the Santa's sack. And sneaks in there, and then Santa takes him to the North Pole accidentally, and then he craw- crawls out of the sack, and all the elves and everybody are kind of wondering what they should do, and so they decide to raise him as an elf. And uh, Buddy is of course a human being raised as an elf by a loving, loving family, and it's really it's, it's a great environment. Apparently, the North Pole is a very friendly place with lots of interesting characters, and and Buddy is just you know one of the friendliest, happiest like persons you'll ever meet, which is which is really. Really cool, and then um, something changes in his life. He he gets introduced to a little something we like to call truth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he figures out that he's not an elf. So we, I, I have a I have a clip to show you of that first moment, and it is um, it is the uh, the one of five. I think it's titled. This stuff. I could do this to you, but I think you can help me pick up the slack on those I just can't you? No problem. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you all doubles. <coughs> a quick thinking yesterday with that special talents thing. I feel bad for the guy. I just hope he doesn't get wise. Well, if he hasn't figured out he's a human by now, I don't think he ever will. I just need a glass of water. <laughs> so down he goes. So that's Buddy. He's introduced to truth. And uh, as a as means of scripture, I'd like for us to look at John um, chapter 8 and verse 31 uh, through 38. There's a few verses here. Jesus is talking to some Jews. Now, just prior to this, actually verse 30, the Bible says that um, several of the Jews that he was talking to believed on him. So this is a good moment, right, in the ministry of Jesus. In verse 31, Jesus says to those Jews who had believed in him, he says, look, if you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples. In other words, it's good that you believe, but I want to call you to something deeper. I want you to abide in my word. And he says, verse 32, and this is a very popular scripture, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Verse 33, they answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we will become free? In other words, whoa, hold up, dude. We're not slaves. What's interesting to me is that Jesus provides a, a powerful verse that we quote oftentimes. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's a, it's a verse of hope. It's a verse of healing. It's a verse of freedom. It's words of life. And these guys... They get tripped up over the fact that, wait a minute, so are you saying that we're not free? <laughs> Time out. Hold, hold the phone, Jesus. We, we haven't been slaved to anybody. Verse 34. What's interesting, though, historically about this context is that they were slaves. They had been conquered by Rome, like as as a people. They had been conquered by Rome. In fact, for the previous Um, Several centuries they had been slaves Ever since the days of um, Jeconiah Which which you're going to find in the Old Testament They were carried off to Babylon And they had never really been free Since then, they hadn't been their own country And so they said, we've never been enslaved To anyone, it's interesting how quickly We can live in our own North Pole (laughs) Verse 34, Jesus answered them Truly, truly, in other words look, Absolutely, 100% I'm telling you everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Jesus doesn't talk about Rome. He talks about the real slavery of the human heart. Verse 35, he says, the slave doesn't remain in the house forever, but the son remains in the house forever. Go on to verse 36. So he says, if the son sets you free, which is what I was offering you, you will be free indeed. And I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Jesus goes on to explain very lovingly, very gently, that their father is the devil. So, Jesus loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life. And uh, sometimes we'll rock your world. Uh, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And this is what happens for Buddy. He, he's living in the North Pole. He's living in this false sense of reality. And in that false sense, he finds that, that, that it doesn't quite fit him, right? He's much bigger than the other children. The clothes don't fit. The house doesn't fit. The bed doesn't fit. He's bigger than all of the things around him. But because he doesn't know the truth about who he is, stays in that uh, uh, uncomfortable frustrating situation and so I don't know maybe maybe I'm talking to somebody here today that's in a frustrating situation you feel like your house doesn't fit your car doesn't fit and all the things that seem to fit other people don't really fit you maybe, maybe this, this, this message is directly uh, apply applicable for you because this is what the gospel is the gospel is when you hear truth about you and about who you really are. That you are not an elf. You're not created for the North Pole. You, you Your parents are not elves. Your brothers and sisters. This, this, this is not your real family. These may be the ones who raised you. These may be the ones who have been nurturing you all of your life. But that's not your real father. That's not your real place. You, that's why you don't fit here. And ever since City Chapel started, we have been basically sharing this message with everybody. Because whether you know it or not, your real father is not necessarily the person who raised you. Your real mother is not necessarily the person who gave birth to you. Because before that person gave birth to you, before those two people even got together, there was somebody who had conceived you in his mind. His name is God. We refer to him as God. He had, the Bible says that before you were born, he knew you. In other words, he had, he had this, this, this design for you. He knew you before anybody else knew you. And it's almost like somewhere in life, we slipped into Santa's sack, and we got accidentally transported to a whole different place that we were never actually made for. But that doesn't change who we are. It doesn't change the fact that we keep growing, and we are we 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 are uncomfortable, and we are cramped, and we just don't fit in this in this life that we're told we're supposed to fit in. We just don't fit with the pursuit of the desires we're told we're supposed to pursue. Um, in fact, when we started January 25th, um, we sent out a whole bunch of mailers. I don't even remember those mailers; that were like big. Big mailers, two two of you, awesome. That's great. Right. Yeah, That's really worth. That's really worth the money. <laughs> like I was saying, our first mistake was sending mailers. Now um, <laughs> we prayed over these suckers. We sent out um, forty thousand. I think it was forty thousand mailers um, covering this zip code and four other entire zip codes, announcing like our first service, and we didn't know what to expect sent them out prayed over them I drove them to the post office and uh, just just stacks upon stacks upon stacks and um, one of the mailers went to uh, went to the Castillo house went to Marty and Franco's house and um, you may or may not know Marty and Franco but they came on our first day. They came on January twenty fifth, and so we're we're we're. I'm saying this because I'm I'm also thinking about our birthday and I'm thinking about our one year anniversary, and and how awesome that's going to be. We're really going to celebrate that up um, here in January, January twenty fifth. We're gonna we're gonna throw a party and it's going to be great. But but as I celebrate our one year anniversary, obviously I'm happy that the church survived for a year. Woo! Um, that's all. Awesome churches do actually um about so a 50 50 chance to make it through the first year based on statistics so <laughs> we're the world's okayest church We're 51 percent <laughs> so um you know uh, that's, that's that's awesome but 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 what i'm really excited about is the birthday not just of like this religious organization um slightly organized religious thing <laughs> um <laughs> the word organization in city chapel just kind of there, you know, we're, we have a working relationship. Um, but, uh, but, but, I'm I'm really excited about the people that are having a one year anniversary of of really stepping into freedom. And so I look out on this crowd, and there's several people. One of those are Marty and Franco, and um, they had told me throughout this past year, we've gotten to know them, and just they're in our small group, our very small group, and um, it's been really great. I remember meeting them on the first day. Um, they, 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 they came because of our mailer Because they got our mailer in the mail And it went probably where everybody else's did In the big pile of junk mail um, I think it was on top of the fridge or something. It was like, you know. And, uh, but at that same time in their life, Marty was, was feeling almost, I, I guess I'll put words in her mouth, but sort of like elf, I guess. <laughs> kind of, you know, like, like the, this life and the pursuits and everything that just didn't really fit her. She was feeling an emptiness. that she, There was a space that she was lacking. And, so she, and, and her and Franco were both talking about this, that they needed God in their life. And uh, both of them had grown up, I believe, Catholic, and uh, had, and that was like years and years ago. And they had been doing, they've been doing life as best they could, but now they just realized that they just didn't fit in the North Pole. They something was off. They needed something more, and so they showed up on January 25th. And I remember shaking their hands. I remember they had tears in their eyes, and they were just. They just felt home. They felt felt like they were home. They're still here 11 months later. And to see what God's been doing in their life and in their marriage, they're reading the Bible together, they're praying together, they're coming to small groups, they're, they're coming to church. You know, God's in their life. And that's just one of the reasons that we're here. That's one of the reasons why we wanted to start a church. Not just so we could come have a place to sing and preach. Because um, many of us were already doing that somewhere else. You know, that was fine. We were singing and preaching. But, but we wanted to start a church in order to tell people the truth. The truth that God has freedom for them. The truth that God desires them to be free. That just because they're, they're trapped in this world, in this cycle, in this North Pole, that they weren't really meant to be there. And that's why they're miserable. That's why nothing satisfies except Jesus. Because you weren't meant to be in the North Pole. And, and 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 the day And and, and it's, it's, it's kind of interesting Because actually the, the the parable Of Elf is very similar to the parable That we tell in 201 Which, which we had to, uh, to Freedom 201 this morning And uh, we tell a similar parable Which is really about this displacement This feeling of I just don't belong here I don't know why And the why is that, that It's because God is your father God is your creator He is the one, as Paul said He is the one from which all of us come All of us come from from him and you're never going to be complete until you get back to him and the day that that buddy <laughs> figures this out and decides to make the trek from the north pole to new york city it's very much like the day that you and i decide to follow jesus it's very much like the day that we what what what, what we would say in the church is that's the day we get saved today we put our faith in jesus and we begin you know we 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 hop on that little that little ice patch and float through the through the gumdrop mountains and i don't know what else but that's very much like salvation to me it's stepping away from the north pole saying this is not what i was created for i was created for freedom and so i'm going to go find my real father i'm going to go find the one who Really created me, and that's 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 to me what salvation is, and that's what Buddy does. Buddy uh, uh, reaches out for um, for his dad, and he he gets and he gets to New York, and uh, he finds out pretty quickly that his dad is not like like what he thought, and um, he he, uh, he. In fact, all of New York really is not like what he thought. He has several issues, and so one of the issues is a is a clip that I have for you here uh, with with when he meets an angry elf. Uh, it. I'm in love, I'm in love, but I don't care who knows it. Can you hear that? Please move mm-hmm. up to, the, yeah. to the pit. I'll come visit you in a little while, okay? I didn't know you had elves working here. <laughs> you're hilarious, <you're> <laughs> my friend. Uh, get back to the story. Because... <clears throat> so, on the cover above the title Does Santa know that you left the wolf? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? Buddy, like, go back to the base. pay, hey, Jack, I get more action in a week than you've had your entire life. I've got houses in L.A., Paris, and Vale. Each one of them has a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. Ready for that? Call me Elf one more time. Call me Elf. You're an Elf. He thinks he's an Elf. Listen, Miles. Listen, Miles. He must be a South Pole Elf. (laughs) I don't care where you go. I don't care that you're an elf. I don't care that you're nuts. I don't care that you're my son. Get out of my life. Now. So Buddy runs into a few issues. Um, People run into issues with him. He doesn't really understand them. They don't really understand him. Uh, He also gets into a fight with Santa um, at Gimbel's because he's a fake. And he sits on the throne of lies and he smells like beef and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) You disgust me, <laughs> and um, that's kind of uh, that's kind of his, his his situation. He he steps into New York, and he doesn't really understand what's going on, right? And and he, he sees short people, he thinks they're elves, and and uh, and he offends people, and people offend him, you know. Uh, and so and this this constant there's there's there's, there's friction. Uh, in New York, and he comes from a place of frustration. He steps into a place, really, of friction, and not only is there friction with with other people, but there's also friction with his own dad. So he, that this this scene actually is, is, is the low point. I mean, this is this is as bad as it gets between Buddy and his dad. Um, but really, there's never really any kind of closeness. Buddy's dad just kind of puts up with them because he's actually his son, and he gets a DNA test and he figures that out. And so he tries to put him, send him to the mail room. He tries to to leave him at home, and he, he's <laughs> Constantly, you know, kind of too busy for Buddy. He's constantly trying to, trying try, trying to be just, just kind of like, like uh, tolerate, really tolerating Buddy is really what he's trying to do, and 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 so Buddy walks into New York and realizes that it's not like how he thought that it would be and 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 and, and so for, so for several of you i know you've already made the decision to follow jesus otherwise you probably wouldn't be here in the cold sunday morning and so you step into this decision to follow jesus you leave the north pole you come to new york city you come to where god is you come to to to, to where your heavenly father is and your heavenly father is not what you expected him to be now, obviously, the the, 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 the the truth is that Heavenly Father is not at all like this guy because this guy is not nice. Um, uh, buddy's dad is not nice. Buddy's dad is, is that has a lot of problems. But actually, any allegory that involves a human would fall short of who God is. But you know, but this is really off because he's like he's 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 actually kind of negative and he doesn't really like Buddy that much. Um, but I think that the way I think that the way that that God often moves us from one place of freedom, from a from place of bondage into a place of freedom, often involves um, a spot in the middle know what I mean like 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 he invites us from the North Pole he gives us truth he gives us the reality that we were made for more we were born for more than this than simply um, waking up in the morning um, going to work uh, eating coming home taking care of the kids sleeping and then doing it all over again we were made for more than that we don't really fit this life and these common pursuits we there's something growing inside of us that we can't deny that we are that we that we that we, that we are not complete until we are near God and so we begin to step Step out and step into this place um, where God is. But but oftentimes God will put us in a place of 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 friction or, or really separation in order to prepare us for what He what he what He has for us. So we don't often get, like, this big package of freedom right away. You know, you sign up for, all right, God, I'm coming to, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to where you are. And so all of a sudden, boom, this amazing relationship, this wonderful freedom, and you just need just, just sunshine and, and, and lemon drops and unicorns and rainbows and, and uh, leprechauns. You know, it's really not like that, necessarily. There's often a time in which you feel like Buddy did, that you don't really belong anywhere. There's often a time of separation where you, you, you know you don't belong in the North Pole, but really it seems like you don't belong in the church either. It seems like you don't belong following God either because that doesn't come natural either. You, you start following God very long and, you, and you, you're going to start tripping over some stuff. Um, you know, you're going to start kind of stumbling over some things and saying, well, that doesn't, that, that's not the way I've always done it. That's not the way I've always thought. That's not, that's, that, 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 that's not like who I am. I, I'm actually more elfish than that. I think I'm more of an elf because that's really what Buddy does. He goes to New York, but he keeps wearing his elf clothes. He keeps his elf identity. He just moves the elf identity into a New York setting. And you're always going to be stuck in a place of separation when you try to hold on to your old identity and you just change location. You're always going to have these issues. And God knows that. God knows that it's going to take a while for you to to change your identity. God knows it's going to take a while for you to respond differently than you're so used to responding. You're in this certain track. and, 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 And for Buddy, even though he figures out he's a human, he still identifies more with the whole elf culture. And he's stuck in the elf culture, but now he's in a human world and, and he's having this place of separation. So sometimes this place of separation is good to let you to to, to to let you feel that friction. To let you feel how odd it is that you're still living like you used to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't run from that. Don't run from this uncomfortable place. See, so what, what we like to do is we're we, we, we like to. We're prone to move toward comfort. So whatever makes us more comfortable. And so when Jesus offers for us to come to New York City and come to this new life of freedom, we think that's more comfort. And so we're like, yeah, okay, we'll take you up on that offer. And we step into that and we realize, wait a minute, this is not more comfortable. This is, this is not comfortable at all. Well, what God's trying to do, he's trying to create separation from your old life. Create separation from your old identity. Create separation. Uh, I don't know if you guys are into football, but I kind of am a little bit. And um, that's one of the things that they say uh, about a really good wide receiver is a good wide receiver will create separation. Uh, He'll get himself open, right? And, uh, and, And so what that means for those of you that don't know anything about football is basically a wide receiver will line up on the line and his job is to catch the ball eventually, but in order to catch the ball, he has to he he has to run a certain route in order to sort of get open. And what we mean by open is at the other side of that scrimmage line. At the other side of that of that line is a defender whose only job is to make sure that that the receiver does not catch the ball. You guys tracking tracking with me? So that's the, that's the, so the receiver's job is to catch the ball. His job is to make sure that the receiver never catches the ball. And so a good wide receiver will create separation between him and his coverage or the guy who's covering him. A bad wide receiver will just run his route and just turn when he's supposed to turn, go left, go right when he's supposed to go left and right. But, he'll, but he, won't, he won't ever lose his coverage. And so the, so the quarterback will look his way and he's completely blanketed. He's covered. And so the coverage is just going to bat the ball down or worse, intercept it. So the quarterback won't throw to him. And so what God is trying to do is he's trying to help you create separation so that you can catch what he's about to throw to you. Uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not explaining it good enough. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> I, you know, it's Sunday. Come on, somebody. I mean, I Cowboys playing somewhere. I mean, they're still in it, actually. You know, see, we're always in it. They're still in it. So anyway, you know, th- there's... <laughs> wow, the Lord just showed up on the New Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> they had favor last week. I'll tell you that. Right, <laughs> it was lucky. But I do have Des Bryant, so I want them to do well in my fantasy league. That would be good. Go Dez. Um, anyway, uh, you got, you got, you got you, you, you to create separation in order to catch what the quarterback's going to be throwing to you. And so what, what God often does is he puts us in this place of, 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 of discomfort, this, this place where it doesn't quite fit. And He doesn't, that doesn't mean you're supposed to turn back or slow down or go back to the line of scrimmage. That means, all that means is you need to keep moving. You need to keep moving and you need to run your route. You need to run your route. The best, the best wide receivers are not ones who are the most, uh, are the quickest or the fastest, but they're the ones who run the route the best. And so the sharper you can run your route, the, the crisper you can run your route, the more you're going to be able to create separation between you and your coverage. But oftentimes what we do is we get comfortable with our coverage. We get comfortable with our hang-ups. We get comfortable with the way that we respond to things. And we say, well, that's just the way. This is my cycle. This is my pattern. This is what I do. This is how I roll. This is, this is, this is just me. And we identify with our elf culture. We identify with our elf upbringing because that's what we've always known. We get into a relationship, that's what we've always done. We 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 come into conflict, that's what we've always that's how we've always reacted. We revert back and we're comfortable with our coverage. We're comfortable with our with our with our with our weaknesses and with our sin. Because because I mean hey, it's a maybe a hang up, but it's but but it's our hang up and it's it's gotten us this far and, and we, we revert back to North Pole thinking comfortable with our coverage and we just kind of run out there and we wonder why god never throws us the ball we wonder why god never delivers to us we never get a touchdown it's because you're not creating separation between your your present and your past you got to create separation between where you are now and what you know now with how you've always lived when you were ignorant now that you know that you're a son of god now that you know that you're a child of the most high god you have to start identifying with that family Run your route. Run it as good as you can, as crisp as you can, as clean as you can be, as tight as you can. I mean, the enemy really wants to cover you. He really wants to bat down what God's trying to pass to you. He really wants to stop what God's trying to do. Because here's the thing, a wide receiver, uh, it, you know, he, he is an individual, but he's a part of a team. And so when a wide receiver gets blanketed and covered and, and, and sort of runs a sloppy route and, and the quarterback can't throw to him. What that means is that the quarterback has to stand back there and hold the ball a little bit longer. You might have noticed this while you watch the Cowboys. And, <laughs> and what that means is the defense has more time to get to the quarterback. And so many times teams fail. Like the entire team can do their job, but if one wide receiver is running a sloppy route and isn't creating separation, then it looks like the quarterback is bad, and it's not really the quarterback. And so, and, and so what, what, what happens is you—you you, you are a part of a team, and when you're when you're not getting separation, when you're not getting open, when you're not receiving what God wants to send your way, it doesn't just affect you; it affects everyone on the team. It, it, what God wants to do in South Austin is not just something that's dependent on a pastor or a pastor's wife. It's dependent on each and every one of us running our routes, creating separation, doing the best that we can, getting open for God to do what He wants to do in our lives. But we often love our coverage, but we 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 love our we love our coverage, and we're often afraid of I think separation. We don't like the spot the buddy's in. We don't like to feel like that. We don't like loneliness. We don't like doing things on our own. Uh, just last, last, last new, new members last week. I had the privilege of sitting around with a bunch of folks. We had 15 new adults and new members. which is awesome. And uh, just lovely people who've been coming here for the past couple weeks. And, and um, some really brave ladies, actually, that I was talking to. And this is something that because... They're single moms. There's something they're doing on their own. Creating separation. And it's not easy. And it's not fun. And it's hard. And it's probably harder than you thought it was going to be. And it probably takes longer than you thought it was going to take But can I just encourage you? It's worth it. Because what God wants to do in your life, if you could look back five years, if you could fast forward five years from right now and you could look back, you would say, man, I'm so glad I ran that route. I'm so glad I created separation because that left me open for for, for a great touchdown play that God did in my family, in my city, in my neighborhood, in my church. That when we create separation, that that when we walk through these tough moments, that's how we get open. And what happens for Buddy, of course, is he lives in that moment and, and he 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 he's constantly trying to be helpful. And that's what I think it's what we kind of all like about Buddy. He's always like making things, trying to make things better. And that's just his nature. He wants to contribute. And I think we all want to contribute, but the problem is nobody really appreciates his contributions. And so he's standing there on the bridge, right? And I don't know, he might be thinking about jumping off, but um he's looking down on the bridge and that's when he sees Santa. Santa comes falling from the sky, you know. And uh, he runs over to Santa and 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 Santa is really the first person since he goes since he got to New York who's kind of given him a job that he trusts him. In. And so he says, "I trust you to rebuild and fix my sleigh." And so uh, you know Buddy is excited about that. He steps into that job. Of course, he doesn't really do a very good job because doesn't really work um it sort of works but then it breaks off and then they kind of are crashing again but but there's but there's a moment in central park when he meets his dad and he meets his dad he says dad i have something to tell you and it's almost like he's going to tell him look i you know i found my purpose again in being an elf right I found my purpose with santa it's, it's all good you know i'm going to be out of your hair and, and that's when his dad tells him, you know, that he was wrong and that he loves him. And I think that moment and then they embrace, you know, long, awkward embrace. <laughs> and uh, his dad's like, <laughs> and so, you know, there's this, there's this long, but, but, but that moment changes things for buddy, you know? Because that's the first time his dad tells him that he loves him. That's the first time that his dad accepts him for who he is. That's the first time that that he uh, feels connected with his with his biological dad. And so he goes on to do his little task and to make the, the rocket thing that ends up breaking off. But the real thing, I think, that that saves Buddy. That, 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 that obviously the task kind of talked talk, talk him off the ledge. And um, and we all need that. We all need to feel. Uh, that we are contributing in this life, and that's why we invite you to help us every single week uh, here at City Chapel, so that's a, that's a, that's a unshameful plug for, um, volunteering, so step up, people, uh, because give you something. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and, and, not, and not just on Sundays. We had folks out at uh, Beauty Trail of Lights, uh, some, some some folks out at Beauty Trail of Lights last night helping people and just serving. It's really good to go to the homeless, to, to feed them, to, 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 to have a task, to have something that says, all right, this is significant, I'm contributing. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It'll talk you off the ledge. It's good. But what really changes things for Buddy And what, what, what really changes Is when he realized that his dad was looking for him And that his dad had, had prioritized him over his job And his dad had really been fired from his job In order to find him And it's that relationship that gets mended Between him and his father That really sets him up for a continued life Of, of fulfillment And that is what I would say to you that's, that's really what you need You need to find your heavenly father whether you're in New York City or in the North Pole. You need, to, you need to find him, you need to realize that, unlike Buddy's dad, he's actually already given up everything for you. He's already laid aside his glory in heaven, stepped down to become a baby in a manger. That's called the Incarnation. Basically, when God became man, that's Incarnation. And when God did that, he jumped a further gap than any creature has ever jumped. And when 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 he jumped that gap he, he he became it's almost like you and I like becoming an ant, sort of. Like if we were to become an ant, it's just the loss of our faculties, the loss of, of what we can currently do. You, you, plus, you don't get much Starbucks when you're an ant, and that's really unfortunate. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so the, the loss of pleasures, actually, that you don't experience as an ant. The loss of, I mean, if you were to think about, like, becoming an ant for a day or for a year or for 30 years, um, you know, that would be quite a sacrifice. But when God became a man, he that's even a bigger gap than us becoming an ant. So we can't even imagine his faculties and all the pleasures that he gave up and all of the things that he was used, used to doing and, and feeling and being. And, 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 and he confined himself in the person of Jesus Christ in, in a body on the earth. And he stepped into that body, and he lived in that body, and he and he walked with all of our infirmities, with all of our weaknesses. He couldn't, he couldn't just you know zoom everywhere or be everywhere as 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 the person of Jesus. He, he had to, he, his flesh, you know, in him, he had to walk places. And and he chose to come to earth in a time when they did a whole lot of walking. So, you know, I mean, he walked. I forget, one one, one guy measured actually all the miles that Jesus would have walked in his lifetime. he, He chose to work and he chose to labor and to sweat and to come under the curse that you and I are under. And he did that. He left his job, so to speak. He left his glory in heaven. He left all of that in order to find us in Central Park. And he's been looking for you. And when you, when you think you found him, when you find a mailer and you come to church and, and, and you, you, you kind of think, oh, that's nice that the church sent me the mailer, the church didn't send you the mailer. The church, God sent you the mailer. Because God knows your address still, and he still knows where you live, and he hasn't forgotten about you and what he put inside of your heart when you were born, and he's been looking for you. He's been looking for you in every instance of your life. He's been seeking you out in all of your failed marriages. He's been seeking you out in all of your in all of your failures and in all of your successes. Every time you're celebrating, he's seeking you out. Every graduation ceremony and every Christmas with family, every good thing in your life, he's been giving you in. order. And hoping that you would see him behind it all, he's been looking for you and seeking after you. He's not a God who's far away. He's not a God who's 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 kind of up in heaven just waiting. And that's why at City Chapel, we're not uh, people who are just uh, hanging out in a church building waiting for people to come to us. That's why we get out of this place and we go to where people are. So we're having a candlelight service on on December 23rd, a little announcement here, Uh, in in, 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 in a park, in a neighborhood, River Ridge Park, it's just down the road. We're going to a park and we're inviting the neighbors to come out and join us because God is a God who pursues people. God is a God who goes after people. And that's that's what the psalmist said. He said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And that's where contentment comes from. Contentment doesn't come from learning to pursue something different. Contentment comes from learning to be caught by the one who's been pursuing you. And allowing him to grab a hold of your heart and to embrace you and to take you in. And, and to be affirmed and accepted by him. And that's why we get out. That's why, that's why we're excited, actually, when people do come. Um, so many times I've had people say, man, you guys are just really... You, you, it's, it seemed like you were really excited that I was there. it's because we are really excited that you are here. And, and it's not because of any. Alter your motive. It's not because we're we're looking to build a big church or have a big building or you know. Although I'm working on HarryFleming.com, you know, uh, still working on that. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. HarryFlemingInternational.com maybe. I don't know. It's gonna be global. HarryFlemingNational something power word. It's gonna be awesome. But um, anyway, that's not why we're excited that people are here. We're excited because 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 our dad is the kind of dad that quits his job in order to go find his kids in Central Park and that's in our DNA in fact in the Bible the, the the biblical story of this is the prodigal son goes away and the dad is sitting on the porch when his son is coming home his dad jumps off the porch and runs to meet him out there and we don't really jump out of our seats and tackle people when they come in. But, but, but I do encourage us just to feel a little bit of the excitement that heaven feels. Just a little bit of the excitement that your heavenly father feels when they sees his kids just making a step. Just saying, you know what, I'll try church. Sure, why not? And when they, that, that's, that's a step. That's, a, that, that's one step. And God is thrilled off his rocker when that happens. He jumps off his porch. He runs to you one step and God just races the other 99 to get to you. That's the God of pursuit that we have. He chases us down. He pursues us. We're not here because we decided one day to pursue him. We are free because he decided to pursue us. Because without that pursuit, buddy, he's stuck with Santa again. He's going back to... because that's where he found his, his only semblance of acceptance. But we want to offer the acceptance that comes from being with your father. Which is so much greater than, than being with a bunch of elves in a workshop. <laughs> so if you'd like to accept that today, I just want to give you an opportunity to accept the one who's been chasing you. And accept him into your heart. And just invite him in stop running mm-hmm. that's why Jesus said that's why that's what Jesus said he, he stood up and he said don't are you tired are you weary come to me and I will give you rest because yes. when you are pursued when you're pursued by God the only thing you have to do is stop running you just have to rest people in the church oftentimes and then we give them this whole list of stuff to start running on you know it's like okay now now run here and run there no 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 just rest just stop running the whole purpose of church the purpose of the body of christ is that you would come into this body and you stop running because now you found your place now you found your home now you've found your father and your brothers and your sisters. and We're going to walk alongside you. We're going to encourage you. And we're going to constantly keep reminding you, you don't have to run anymore. You don't have to keep running. You can rest. So Jesus said, if anyone wants to come to me, let him come. He'll find rest for his soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is offered to us. That's his offer to South Austin. That's his offer to Buda and to Kyle and to this area. In an area of absolute uh, affluence on the one hand, but poverty of soul. His offer is come and stop running. Come and find rest it's not more on your to do list. It's not more on your Christmas list. It's not more things you have to check off. Just come and find rest. Come and be pursued and be caught by God. And then rest in that. And every time, every time you feel like it's time to run, I got I to gotta go, I got to go. No, just stop, just stop, stop. No, you don't have to go anywhere. Just let yourself be caught. So if you'd like to receive that, I'd like for everybody to close.